0: Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Welcome back to another episode of the 104. I was going to say the 104 Showdown. Holy shit. <laughs> <The> <laughs> blending my world. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it's a new season. New season. New season, new us. This new hopes, a, new dreams, new just hopes. ready to be crushed. Oh boy, I love them. Um, my name is Herman Vujegas, and on my right is a man that I brought up to the team, and then I recalled, for cap reasons, and then I brought him up again. It's Elliot Tanti. How <laughs> <That's>, are you?
1: <laughs> all right. That's a very specific joke around yeah. <laughs> one like very small <laughs> roster change. If this people 300 do. years down the road are find the like <laughs> encrypted internet and like this is the one thing they're going to say, they're going to be like, they find this podcast and they're going to be like, what the hell what were they, are they talking about? <laughs> a, a roster move for cap reasons in the first week of October for the Edmonton Oilers.
0: <laughs> Listen, if you are if you an alien and you're listening to this a thousand years from now go back and subscribe to the next seasons before and then you can figure out what the exactly what the joke what's going is. on there yes 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 go read the the archived versions of the athletic because i'm sure they'll be around by that time still <laughs> gathering yes. up alien writers on 40 percent off so uh anyways how are you man i'm doing well i'm excited to be back
1: doing this i'm excited to be back Checking the internet every day for when the next Oilers game is going to be on. I'm excited to see Connor McDavid like two or three times a week. I
0: I don't know. It's really nice to be back. I agree. I agree. It's really nice to see Connor again. (laughs) And Leon and 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 Darnell, Darnell and Nugi, and like, and then we have a lot of like new Oilers to like um, get familiarized. You know, familiarized us with. Uh, there's Gettin Haas, there's Joaquin Nygaard, there's Archibald, there's Riley Sheehan, and then there's Mike Smith. Yeah. Whoa, oh man. I got some feelings about Mike Smith All <laughs> this right. week. Um, well, let's just jump into the topics then. Well, well, let's talk about first, before we jump into the topics, how we're going to do this show this season. Oh, yes. That's that's a good Did idea. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. So I think what we're going to do, we're going to change things up a little bit. I think we're going to focus, instead of going through the rundown of the week, I think what we're going to do is pick topics that will sort of articulate what's happened in the week anyway. Um, we are going to do like a week recap and say like, oh, the Oilers won two of the games this week. Yeah, They're 2-0. and oh. We're very happy about that, obviously. But we're not going to go through individual games. We're talking about larger sort of topics from the week and we think while we do that it'll be more engaging. There's a lot more to talk about specific to the week. We're not overlapping on things. Correct. Um, and you're still going to get the sense of how what the week was, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. So, Without further ado, we're going to go into our big topics.
1: Herman, we are in the Holland Tippett era officially. Uh, very interesting off-season for the Edmonton Oilers. Lots yeah. of new faces. Lots of new acquisitions. Um a really a different tone with the team I think that was set from the beginning Particularly around yep. the use of young players And how long young players are going to be around Namely during training camp But in terms of the team themselves Really interesting Youngest player on the team 22 years old Who was it? Connor McDavid and Ethan Bear are Both 22 years old Oh,
0: okay To start the year. Anyway, first time that happened
1: since 2006 or something. Um, It's pretty good. So, like, a very different relationship around young players and developing over-seasoning. We Mm -hmm. talked about that all the time. I'm doing the uh, quotation marks (laughs) with my fingers. Um, Yeah, just a very different tone about the Emton Oilers and a a real, almost completely new bottom six.
0: Yeah, totally. And um, there's been some questions about this bottom six in regards to are they going to be able to hold steady or be the be the drivers of any way um and in these we'll talk about the first two games in a bit here but um you can see sort of the, the way that that tippet specifically is trying to use these bottom six players um, because we have a lot of them <laughs> we have more yes. than just six <laughs> we have at least nine that people that they which is good, right? I think we have like,
1: twenty-four bottom six players. Yeah, pretty much.
0: And uh, it's funny because this is the way I play like football managers: just assign everybody and then just go for rotation. And they get upset that we're not starting them. And we're like, "Well, I'll ship you out. I don't care." I feel like this is what Holland's gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> like, <they're cool. laughs>
1: like, well, what they've talked about is specific roles for people on the bottom yeah. six. So penalty killing being like the most obvious one, um, but four and four checkers, grinders. Uh, maybe a- having some ca- capacity to add some size to the lineup yeah, it totally. seems as though there's like Tippett is one of those people that sees a puzzle like the, the, but his team as what pieces fill which roles yeah um, and even spoke pretty honestly about how you know Sam Gagne being sent down was a great yeah, example of this it was
0: surprising sam that. gagne
1: he didn't want sam gagne playing bottom 6 minutes because there was someone that was going to be better at penalty killing and and, and playing that role yeah. sam gagne is inherently a scorer and a top 6 player yeah and there's no space for him there, so he's going to get sent down, even though he might be better than some other players on the team.
0: Surprising, too, in the sense of Sam Gagne specifically, just because um, I think a lot of that had to do with the cap. He had a big cap, cap hit. is about three-something. Um, about the same that uh, Ryan Spooner had. That's why that trade kind of worked. Um, so I'm curious if it was a lot to do with cap and maybe... Trying to get rid of Sam Gagne in some way—that's maybe why he was sent on on waivers. But at the same time, I'm with you in the sense of like Sam Gagne is a skilled player, but you're right—I don't think he belongs in the top in the bottom floor, right? Like yeah. I don't think he belongs in a fourth line role. Uh,
1: and so there isn't that top six role for him, so yeah. he got sent down over people that are probably not as good, not as strong hockey players. That's just you could really see Tippett as really believes and sees the game in a very specific way and I think it actually matches really up really well with what we've seen from Holland thus far Mm -hmm. around Holland is is looking to the future constantly and basically all of his moves this year um in terms of his signings, are all one-year deals because he knows the cap gets a lot better next year and the year after that. Yep. And so, but he needed to plug in some holes and he wanted to give some people some shots and some opportunities to prove themselves. And so there's a bunch of guys on one-year way one year deals Yep, with decent money. We'll look and look and let's see how it goes, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that's like, that's I hear a lot about being like the Oilers next year being very aggressive in the offseason in regards to trades and... And moves, but yeah, like if you look at cap friendly, um, there's let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight. If you count an RFA uh, on ex- expiring contracts, that's next just on year. forwards. Just as forwards, uh, there's one Bannings, next year, and then a bunch of RFAs like Nurse, uh, Benning, and Person and Bear on uh, an RFA. So there's a lot of contracts that they could easily just get rid of, uh, which is good. I mean, like. Refreshing the bottom six is not a bad move. Like refreshing it every single year to be like, okay, we're gonna sign some cheaper players. It's not a bad move as long as you have a really good top six. And um, I mean, their top six is okay right now. Um, There's some question marks there. I don't know. I think our top six is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, is Wookie Nygaard any good? Like, we don't know much about him. We have like three (laughs) of
1: like the top like twenty centers in the NHL. (laughs) Like when you're playing, you know, if you think Ninja Hopkins is underrated, totally underrated, one yeah. of the best, you know, Connor McDavid is probably the best center, if not top two or three. Yeah. Leon Drysettle, the same way. Like,
0: I mean, it's just question marks. Zach on.
1: Cassian's, uh, you know, finally found that skill that I think we, we all knew he had. I think he, was a first, he was
0: a first round pick. Yeah, remember? well, I mean, <laughs> it's so Sam Gagne. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, okay, but there's a bit of a difference there, namely in age.
0: I think they're about the same age. Let me see this. I have to see this. I don't know. I'll go figure it out. Um, He's 28. And where's. Oh, I don't. He's not even on here. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to figure this out. Uh, I have questions with, with Zach Cassian. Is he going to be. I think Zach Cassian's role. Isn't Zach
1: Cassian on point for like. 162 points this year. <laughs> he's on pace for 164 points. Yeah, that's points. true. You know what?
0: The Oilers are on pace for 82-0. and 0. That's very true. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yes, they you. right. First, You're in the first in the West. First in the West. Zach <laughs> I have question marks about Zach in that role. Um, yeah. He might be really good staying there, but he, I'm, I'm worried about him. Uh, Joaquin Nygaard. I have high hopes for Joaquin Nygaard. I think he'll be decent, but I don't think he's going to He's a good like top six replacement. James Neal, I'm very curious about. Like he's done very well right now. Had a great game last. night. Had a night. great game last night. It's true. I'm very like, but he's normally like a 20 goal scorer. Like that's usually his his career. Um, he might he might do that again. I, and that'd, that'd be great. Um, well, I'm the be series on pace
1: for 82. So
0: that's true. <laughs> 82 goals.
1: Imagine. I'm gonna keep this on pace joke going <laughs> for a while. I don't know. Like I guess my thinking is. Coming, in, you know, the beginning of the Tippett Holland era. There's lots of purpose and very clear purpose around what's going on, and the questions that you have, I think, and lots of lots of people have, right? But one thing that's really clear is that Holland is going to speak early and often about the team and about what he's doing to clarify those things. Too. Yeah, I think so. And he's I think that's like, it, and it's a bit of a power move. I think he's trying to take back wrestle back control from the fan base and from the media. I think that. Um, he wants to establish himself as, you know, the leader of this team. Right. You know, from a, the management of this team. Um, and all of those things, I think, are really good. And it's all, it just, everything just seems very purposeful right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm like, you know, the Oilers are 2-0 and I would if it was, if they were 0-2, would I be saying that? Who knows? Maybe I'm just in a good mood. But I do feel mm-hmm. as though from the top of the organization right down to, you know, Colby Cave there is a purpose... The, the team is very purpose-driven.
0: Right, right, right. So let's talk about... Did you watch any of the preseason games? A couple, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch... I, I don't put a lot of stock in preseason games. It's just so, like... No, I find down. it really frustrating because it's just, like,
1: it's yeah. is the game they have to play before I get to watch them play in the regular season. Yeah, and... It and was it's- interesting to see... I was watching more towards the end because obviously Connor McDavid coming back. So there's always that like, okay, mm-hmm. what does he look like? Is mm-hmm. he going to be, you know, is his knee fixed or whatever? That was a thing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously really interesting training camp towards the end where there were some real battles for positions. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah.
0: Especially uh, in the defense. And defense, it was one of the bigger ones. Bigger- so who do you
1: think, what do you think was the best battle? And, you know, what was their surprise for you?
0: So Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear, Joel Person, uh evan bouchard battle i think that one and i think it's going to be a constant like uh season-long battle to be honest i think which is great i love to see these kind of things where where ethan bear like for example ethan bear is up in the the team right now if ethan bear has two or three like bad games let's bring up evan bouchard yeah and let's let's see what he does or let's um if joe person gets injured because he got injured recently um you know, let's bring in Legeson. Let's bring in somebody else. Like, it, there's a lot of. Um, we also got Jones, right? Um, there's a lot of hope in that that defense, which is. But it's also good that we can just rotate them and and try them out and see what happens. Yeah,
1: the right side is obviously there's issues there, and of course, if you were going to pick the one place where Edmonton didn't couldn't afford an injury, it'd probably be on right defense. And mm-hmm. Larson is now gone. We'll talk about that a bit later. I really liked. Um, I think that, that, that yeah, it was an, I think you're right to say there's going to be a battle going on all year. But I think that what, what became really apparent was that Ethan Baer was ready for this camp great. in a way that no one he else was. He was really good
0: in the camp. He was really, really good in the camp. He had a fantastic preseason game. Again, I don't put too, too much stock of preseason because it's like the opposition that you face could be completely different than you yeah. face in the NHL. And like, But he, when, when Tippett basically was saying, like I think this is when Joe Person got injured. Uh, Ti basically went to bear is like listen you got a good game like this is this is yours for the taking yeah. if you can take it and he did he had like two goals in that game he was He's
1: faster he looks bigger I think he's had a really good year of training and he talked a lot about changing the way in which he uh, uh, trained and you know modeling his summer offseason around mm-hmm. Andre Sakura which I think you know that's exactly what you want to be doing in this league. right and it's really paid off for him and I think he's you know two games in I was actually you didn't notice him no. And I think that that's exactly what you want
0: It's fine, this right? exactly it this is exactly it, right? Um, Joel Person is also somebody that I was really impressed with in the training camp um, He really, before he got injured, he really like solidified He's like, I'm here, I'm playing with Clef Bomb This is me And now you can see him, he's playing with Clef Bomb on the second pairing um, Just one game in, I'm excited to see a little bit more of that um, he was solid in preseason. He's, but he, he was, was solid really in preseason, solid. and he
1: was good last night. Yeah, and so, and obviously, that you know, coming off an injury, you always wonder about those sorts of things as well, too, because there's a bit of a gap between the last—not a bit. There's a huge gap between you know the last game that you played midway through training camp and the second game of the season in yeah. terms of caliber yeah. and skill. Um, but yeah, I think that there's lots of excitement there that that's that yeah. move has worked out.
0: I think Joel Person was a great little pickup that uh, that Holland. Did.
1: Few disappointments
0: from training camp. Yeah, uh, Jones. I
1: thought was I was disappointed in Jones. Me he left too. really quickly. Actually walked watched him walk across the street from the arena the day he got cut. I'm sure it was just <laughs> minutes after because I was driving to work and he had all the sticks. And I was with Al my fiance and was like, "That guy just got cut, cut from the Edmonton Oilers, I think." <laughs> and so I knew before it was even released that he was gone because like, you could just you tell. See him just in his face. Um, I feel bad for that hey guys. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, there was some I, that was that was disappointing. I think. Uh, Yamamoto being hurt also kind of changed the dynamics of the camp as well, too, because I think a lot of people were excited for that. Yep. Um, It's been great. uh, Who were some of the other disappointments? Um, Let me see. People that weren't here long. Oh, I I mean, when we go back to Holland and Tippett and Intention, how about this, like, if you're not playing in a game or there's no I don't feel like I want to put you in a game, then I'm just going to send you home. There's no use you hanging around the training camp any longer than you need to
0: which i mean it makes sense to me yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Makes a but lot that's of sense. not something
1: that we've ever really seen no
0: no no which is really funny i like i love the way that we're treating uh, prospects as like they have to kind of earn it now yeah. which is really good um, yamamoto i'm very interested in yamamoto specifically just cuz um yamamoto is what 3 years in now into our con- into the orders we've been s- it's been up and down with him um I'm ready for him to break out. He's been doing fantastic in the AHL right now. But again, there needs to be that spot in the top six.
1: So who is he better than, or who who's gets hurt that he comes in, right?
0: I could easily see him take, I don't know, is he left or right? I think he's a left. I think, like I could see him easily take a night guard. Yeah, spot. no,
1: I could see that too. I mean, he's only played one game in the um, AHL, and yeah. apparently he was the best player
0: on the ice. Yeah, he was. So. He really was. He really was. So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in his season in the AHL, and maybe he'll get called up. Uh, even just to take like, like I like, Haas, Jerko, Russell, like even Kyra, Kyra did not impress me. Like yeah, he's pre-season not preseason. Yeah, and like right in the regular season. Now. I think
1: those guys they have less pressure on them. Here's my big one. Yeah, Koskinen.
0: Oh, Koskinen
1: was. Koskinen lost in the, the job pre-season. to Mike Smith.
0: He really did. He really did. It's really bad. That's not good. Side. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, now we'll see after this game. the get game, two games this week. I think Koskinen will get in there. I think it It wasn't like he, he ripped the job out of his hands. I think he's got it for now, but I think it's tenuous to begin with anyway because Mike Smith is... Dangerous, he is dangerous. We should talk about Mike Smith, um, but uh, yeah, Mike Smith did have a great hate for his. It's not bad. He it's had okay. a decent uh, preseason. He was, sick. He, was, he was good. He was sick, and he's had a good start to the season. Ish, um, and ish. And so, but yeah, I think Koskinen was a real disappointment. And You're only, right. Yeah, I only. I hope it doesn't only just further what people already are saying about Koskinen. It's
0: a three-year contract. It's pretty bad. Um. We'll see. I, you know, I still hold hope for Miko Koskinen to be a decent goalkeeper. If they go 50 this year, I might be okay with that. I'm In just terms like, of starts, like 41-41? Yeah. yeah I'm, I, but, I mean, like, you want Koskinen to be the starter. You want him to be, like, he's getting—he was supposed to be the starter. You know what I mean? Like, Smith is supposed to be, like, yeah, the he, it
1: would. Yeah, I think you go into the season and you'd think he would probably play 52 and Smith would play 30. right. And I think now mm-hmm. you could almost see the opposite: Smith playing fifty-two and Costin playing oh, yeah.
0: thirty. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, so, well,
1: just... That was a disappointment. I, I totally Any agree other with thoughts that. about training camp before we get into opening week?
0: Um, that people t- put too much stock in training camp. I feel like as yeah. an overall, like, like when people. Okay, so I, I got into like a Twitter beef with like with with some of the Toronto people because I'm just like, imagine were, that, oh, God, I, because they.
1: No, you getting in a Twitter beef oh. with anyone? Imagine
0: <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'm right And <laughs> anyways. Um Reed Wilkins put out the lineups for a preseason game and it was showing like McDavid, Dry and Nuge all in centers. And it showed this is the same day that uh are like everyone put out waivers, like all their all these people on waivers. So oh the like, waiver claim, yeah. Yeah, yeah all the, like like it was Josh Hosang and like Sven Barche yeah. and like there's some decent players there. Um and so people were clowning on this because they're just like, okay, look at the Oilers, like, like wingers. And I'm just like, it's a fucking preseason game. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, I don't... It's, it's, a, it's a practice line for on a preseason. And I'm just like, there's no reason to, like, clown on this. There's, there's this way over... You're over-emotional, uh, investedly on preseason and training camp stuff. And even, like, opening night. I'm just like, the opening line lineup does not affect what's going to happen in Game 70 or Game 60. Like, things can happen, easily change. Yeah,
1: no, I'm with you on that. I do think, you know, every time... There's this ongoing debate about whether McDavid and Dreissel should be playing together or not, and and that's, you know, it'll go on forever. So I think that that has led to that as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't put a lot of stock in it either. I do like seeing... I don't really love the beginning of training camp. I do kind of like the last two games where in the waiver wire and like so yeah. the, 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 when it comes down to the two three people comes competing for two spots or whatever. Those for me, I think are. Um yeah, that's interesting. So, that's interesting. I yeah. enjoy that bit for sure. So. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Let's, so let's
0: get into the freaking season, man. Yeah. Let's just talk about the opening two games. Okay, did so you watch them? I watched both games. Awesome, awesome. So, I watched
1: the the uh, the win, the 3-2 win against, actually, not the, the not, Sharks. Not the Sharks. Not the Sharks. It the, it's the no. Canucks. <laughs> the, Sharks yeah, the, Canucks. Get,
0: the Sharks did get uh, beat up by the Knights, which is really cool. <laughs> but anyways, go on. <laughs> um,
1: at the bar and then last night I watched the first period directly the th- second period sort of out of the corner of my eye and the p- third period especially was too much fun like I couldn't of
0: the Kings game? The, or the the, Kings the game. Or yeah, the, yeah, the yeah the Kings game yeah so
1: I don't know I think so let's start 2-0 happy very yeah. happy about that um, the Canucks game I think they were a bit lucky in fact speaking of Mike Smith and goaltending Mike Smith really stole the show for them yeah he did um and then, you know, the 6-5 win, he almost lost in the game. So, there you go, back and forth. <laughs> here's
0: here's, here's what I would say. The of
1: Mike Smith. <laughs> Felt a lot of confidence in the Empson Oilers' resiliency um, yep. after watching both those games. Uh, both games in which they bent, but they didn't break. Um, and, you know, found a way in a third period to, to win games. So, I, I would say it was a resilient first week for the Oilers.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I um, You learn... It's like one of those two games where like, I'm learning a lot about this team through their struggles. Yeah. Um, the penalty kill looks different, uh, which is it should because it was the worst in the league, as the announcers have been saying that yeah. for a lot. <laughs> um, at the same time, you notice that uh, McDavid and Dry Saddle, again, have to be the drivers. Like, You notice that if they're not moving... It's going to be really tough to get points in this league um because i like i'm loving that um and this might be good that that dry shuttle and, and mcdavid are are kind of the ones moving the the needle and to see the other players like Cassian and neil and nygaard um just being like okay we can do this too a bit so hopefully by the middle of the season that they could like push up and say no we we can take over some games too while you're you know what yeah,
1: I mean? I, I, I see that. I mean, I think the other name in that that we haven't really talked about because he always gets overlooked is Ryan
0: Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, Nugent is also true. But I mean, like, Nugent is not a person that's like, he's not a game takeover. He is like a solid, solid player, but he's not a person that's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to score a goal right now. No, for sure. Yeah, it's, not, it's not the same sort of feeling. Yeah, so this is my concern with the Oilers, and it's always been a concern since. Um, for like the last two three years now, it's just that like if McDavid and, and Drysaddle are not playing well, then the, it's game over for them. And that's that's my it's, this, yeah. it's the same thing this yeah. first two games yeah. too, right?
1: I, I think that's it's interesting because it did take a you know pretty. I don't think I think Mc, obviously Drysaddle was the best player on the ice in the first game, and McDavid was really set the tone for the others in the second game. I don't know though We need to go back To that resiliency bit Like Right Neil with two goals You know And that's exciting On the power play that's, Which that's is the good Like Nygaard scored Neil Darnell scored Darnell Nurse With a nice goal He's really Nygaard nice scored. Like And so yes For sure Um your best players have to be your best players. I'm not as, I, I think we're all a little bit emotionally scarred from like Tobias Maybe. Reader and <laughs> what the bottom six that was last year um, in terms of their contributions. But I think that that's going to come. And I think that, I mean, if you have, you, th- there's not going to be many nights where either Leon or Connor McDavid isn't the best player in the ice or in the, to- in the conversation for the top two. Um, and in that way,
0: then I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that like you're I would right. feel comfortable with this group behind the group behind them as well. I agree with the sense that uh, we don't have to rely now on the chasons and the readers and the Cassians or the whoever in the in the world to score goals if Connor and McDavid are having a bad game because um, as you notice like if I'm just looking at the lineups I'm just like I was like, I forgot that like Chason. Where's Chason? And now oh, we he got her. He was sick. That's he was why. Sick. Right. 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 Um, so I mean, we still have people like Chason. Like Marcus Grindland could easily move in and out of the lineup, getting haws. Like we still have like people like Jerko um, in the back here. We still have these young players that can easily be called up to maybe even pull in the role like Meredy, uh, Benson, and Yamamoto. Um, so they can easily fill these, these bottom six stuff, and we don't have to, like, say, oh, uh, Jujar Kaira needs to score 10 to, for the season to be anything, right? Yeah, like, And that's But, again, a I don't deal. think,
1: no, Harmony you're not going to see that from this coach. You're not going to see that from this general manager. You're not going to see Yamamoto play third-line role. I don't think you ever no, will. No, no, no.
0: What I'm saying is that, like, you can move in Jujar Kaira. Like, you can put, send him down and yeah. put him Yamamoto for, like, a week and then come back. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, but I don't. Think don't what I'm saying is I don't that.
1: think you're ever going to see that because that, that wouldn't mean that he's playing third line minutes. And I, 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 they've been really specific about the roles and people doing <sighs> specific things. You're right. And that like you know, the, like Tippett has said, every guy on this team, whether it's playing two and a half minutes and you know getting one body check and coming off the ice, or Connor McDavid, like everyone knows their role on the team and they're all contributing to that that that. Right, overall, and I think I I don't know that we need I I don't know that we're there yet. They scored. They managed to score six goals in a game, which and fight back and you know, including three in a third period. Saying
0: that, the Canucks and the Kings are both terrible this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's my issue right now. They're outscoring them, good, but they've allowed seven goals in these two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's that's tough for me, right? Yeah, that's and that like. The defense is a little worrying. Um, Mike Smith is a little worrying sometimes. Oh yeah, there's
1: still lots of questions it's here. A lot I'm not saying questions. this is like a Stanley Cup contender, <laughs> but
0: the good thing is, is that the Oilers have a really decent, what's uh, um, it called, schedule coming up, and they could easily go on like a six and four, or even like a seven and three type run. They could have a good start to the season, yeah, which would be really good. The problem with the seven and, and three start. There's gonna be some people that be like, this team is a playoff contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're like, and they're gonna run into some, yeah, some monsters out there. <laughs> oh yeah, there's some big
1: teams and there's some good teams. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but hey, two divisional wins, can't complain yeah, about I'm, that. I'm
0: happy with that. I'm happy with that. Mike Smith, tell me about, talk to me about Mike Smith. Let's talk about Mike Smith for a bit. Oh, Smitty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're using Smitty for him. I don't know if we can take that yet. <laughs> I really like.
1: He is. He does a dynamic threat. I mean, the, the capacity to. I I think Connor McDavid described him as like a third defenseman out there. Um, I mean, when it works out, it's it's really good. I I I think then you have games like last night where you know two goals are basically his fault or because of that sort of play. But then you know that Vancouver game, he was outstanding. He actually got he he, uh, drew a penalty uh, at one point. You know, doing what he does. Um, I really like. I really like people that are interesting to watch. Hockey can be so cookie-cutter sometimes, so seeing someone that's a bit different, I'm really stoked on that. Um, And I'm also excited to see the dynamic between him and Koskinen, and if they can emerge, if we can, like, if a kind of a good back-and-forth competition, a healthy competition emerges between the two of them for that starting job.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I it is it's like watching like old school like he's not as good as this person but he's not even close but like it's like watching Hasek play remember watching Dominic yeah. Hasek play in the sense where he's just like scrambling around drops the paddle to like covers the pack and I'm just like oh my god what's gonna happen yeah. like I mean Hasek was much better at like recovering himself um but yeah, I agree with you. He's just like moder- Marty Turco, yeah,
1: I think, like Marty and that's Turco, where I think he good. learned his <laughs> uh, his his puck <laughs> handling skills from. Actually, I think that's where he that he was he, Turco's backup. I think at one point.
0: Oh yeah, that makes sense. So the, that so makes a lot of sense. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just I mean, Mike Smith is last year with the Flames. He was not that good, and uh, David Riddich really like took over his spot. Um, But in the playoffs, he was fantastic. Mike Smith was fantastic in the playoffs for for the Flames. It wasn't he kept them in games. It was the Flames not scoring that was the issue. Um, So, Mike Smith has that potential to just take over a situation if he needs to, which I really really like about him. He's 37 years old. He's not going to change his game anymore. It's done for changing his game. It's either you have this is what you have right now yeah. with Mike Smith.
1: He is a known commodity more than any other player on the NA, on the team, except for maybe a dry settler or, uh, or McDavid. McDavid, or David. New you dude. know what yeah. you're getting out of Mike Smith, and yeah. sometimes it's going to be a three-two, unbelievable game where he's yeah. keeps the Oilers in it, and some there's going to be games where they're going to win six-five, and it should have probably been like six-two, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, I think. Mike's supposed to be really interesting to watch um, he's going to be one of those players that you remember the, I don't know if there was an old video remember when like the whole like like shit people say uh, yeah. videos came out like there was a shit Edmontonians say and this was like in the, it was like 2010 or something like that and there was like, one that was like guy going oh, Horkov. And then really like, horcough! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. Mike yes, Smith. Yeah, Mike Smith's gonna be like giving you headaches, but also like giving you wins, make so make you giving so you like high fives.
1: Yeah. And while he's playing, just enjoy him because he's hilarious to watch. Actually, <laughs> yeah, like,
0: he and really he is. is. Like
1: in terms of like weird ass goalies and goalies that do stump stuff, and yeah. like, the way he like. Yeah.
0: Like I said, like dropping, dropping a stick to cover the puck is the one thing I'm just like, oh my God, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Also, he got a good quote about dry saddle. It's like, yeah, yeah, man. He's a, he's a mule with soft, soft, soft hands. (laughs) Yeah. If that's, if that's who, if we get that from Mike Smith for the rest of the year, year, it's worth it for me. (laughs) It's worth it for me.
0: Oh man. Okay. Let me see what's coming up for the Oilers. Because, um, like I said, I am. Oh yeah. Let's talk about Larson. Larson being gone for the season is not good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is this is the problem, right? And yeah. this has been the problem every year. Is that the Edmonton Oilers have basically had a top two, a top two in terms of Edmonton Oilers uh, defensemen out of the lineup for basically three of the last four years Yep, um, and the majority of that time is they've really struggled
0: yeah absolutely and uh, Larson as much as um, you know people have some issues with Larson they didn't have a good year last year but he's one of our best defensemen and losing him is going to be hard to replace um, so it's going to be tough for people like Joel Person and uh, Ethan Bear and even Matt Benning to like do something well with this and yeah. uh, it'll, but you know what again going back to the resiliency piece that like maybe this is one of those tests that the Oilers will do but even then I'm just like ah, it's tough that's tough that's tough yeah, to do it's and it's tough, t- like I said tough it's the worst place
1: for the team to get an injury I think they're going to cover it off by committee I mean Ethan Bear, do, welcome right? to the NHL <laughs> know, seriously.
0: Yeah, you're, you're a top liner now sorry
1: so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disappointing. Um, you said he's gone for the year. I thought it was
0: like six to eight weeks. It could be six to eight weeks, but I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think we're going to bring him back. For I think he's going to – you know like Sakura when he was gone for so long? Yeah. And then he came back and he was just not himself. I feel like that might be the case of okay. Larson. That's my issue. I'm just like, mm.
1: Yeah, I worry about that too. I also worry about them rushing him. Yeah, it's, that's – that. yeah.
0: Yeah. So I – Worry about that. Anyways, okay. So coming up, the Oilers are going to New York, baby. Um, going to play the Islanders on the eighth, and then play the Devils on a tenth, and then play the Rangers on the twelfth. That's gonna be the lineup. So they're going straight to little, New
1: little York New area, York, east
0: east side of the continent. Stay continents. in like this is like this is like you're like a three game away stay. You probably yep. stay in the same hotel for like the whole week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Might be like a good first trip for the team. It's kind of in one place. Not a lot of moving around. An afternoon game and two night games. I'm excited to see. Yeah. Not good teams either. Like nope. They're not
0: like, don't, none of these are parallel. The,
1: the Devils, I think, are better than most people think.
0: I think the Devils are decent. Um, Rangers are not that good this year. The Islanders, I don't think, are going to be good this year. Um yeah, it's gonna be a, an interesting. This is gonna really see what the Oilers are like, and especially on the road. Uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting lineup for them. Yeah, I mean, you them.
1: think they they come, you know, they go two and one, or yeah, what's the prediction two, here? Two one, one and one, and you're you got like three wins, a loss, and an overtime loss, and it's not bad. That's not a bad start to the season. I think yeah. we would all taken that.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go two and one on this one. I'm gonna go two wins and one loss. I'll go three and zero. They start the season five and zero. That's (laughs) there we go. Oh, the takes, (laughs) the takes, (laughs) the takes. takes. When they're when they're five and zero, the scenes in Edmonton.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's take a break and then get into the RFA. All
0: right. All right, Elliot. How have you been following? the summer rfa so i got to be honest
1: with you i really did not care about this issue at all
0: <laughs> until i brought it up <laughs> i know it's
1: deeply important to you being you know after the draft the ca- everyone's cap situation is basically like you know your 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 passion um, this is my other podcast <laughs> but i do i do think it's an interesting conversation because we had a weird year with rfas yeah and i think a lot of it was Boils down to Mitch Marner and the conversation about Mitch Marner. Yeah, um, but it's also I think that there's uh, thing, the times they are a changing with regards to RFAs yeah. and how they when they feel like they should be getting their money. This is
0: what I want to talk about. I don't. I I want to talk like you know how like stupid right wing conservative bullshit that goes like. Uh, oh, I want to talk about facts instead of feelings. Yeah. I want to talk feelings instead of facts. Okay. <laughs> do right. I, I care about the numbers too much. Let's talk about if you've been following the Mitch Marner situation, which has been a total, like, I, kind of weird soap opera has been going on for the whole season, this whole summer. Okay. We need a set though. Yeah. Because really, I think a lot of this boils down to the
1: Christian Aho... Uh, Offer sheet Sebastian Ajo Sebastian, Yeah Sebastian Ajo Offer sheet Right I think so Okay So let's start with that situation
0: okay. Sebastian Ajo Had an offer sheet Yes So okay let, Actually let's back up A little bit more I want to tell you All the RFAs That happened this year This okay. year This year Has been the year Of like amazing RFAs And it has a lot to do With the NHL Being more of a young league uh, So Mitch Marner Was an RFA Braden Point. Miko Rantanen. And these are all, like, amazing top-line players. Patrick Liney, Charlie McAvoy, Matthew Kachuk, Brock Bozer, Kyle Connor, Brandon Carlo, Travis Konechny, even Provorov, Kevin Fiala. And okay,
1: now we're kind of getting into the yeah. less...
0: <laughs> uh, Sebastian Ajo was an RFA until he um, was offered an offer sheet by the Canadians, who, which he signed. And then the... It was actually a really low offer sheet. I don't know why he signed it. Probably just to get the deal done with. Yeah. Because uh, the Hurricanes matched right, right away. Right away. Um, yeah. So, I mean, also the Canadians going. Canadians also offered an offer sheet to Mitch Marner and also offered an offer sheet to Brayden Point, which <laughs> they both they declined. Yeah. <laughs> so, Canadians kidding. Uh, just going into the bar and just getting rejected left and Left, right, right and center. No, no one wants to dance with the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So, anyways, the Mitch Marner situation. Wh- okay, you want to talk about Sebastian Aho? Why was Sebastian Aho important? Well, for I just you?
1: think it set the tone for sort of this new age of young players getting paid early and you know for long periods of time. And 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 I think it set it it, it raised the bar and the price for everyone else on the market.
0: But it's my question, did it though? <clears throat> my question is, I don't know if it did. I think Mitch Marner had a really interesting offseason where he demanded to be paid what he thinks he's worth. Yeah. Which I was all for. Which I was like, okay, you you do you, man, Mitch Marner. This is your chance to be like a person the the, the Leafs were uh, kind of in a in a rough place because Mitch Marner is a ninety-four point player, right? He is a person that could is a change maker in that team to not have Mitch Marner in that team. Would be hard Would be really hard So He had A little bit of leverage And so he used that To his advantage Mostly You know Mitch Marner At the end of it uh, He signed Almost at the end Of the training camp uh, For 10.8 million That's a lot of money I thought Everyone was waiting For him So he would set The market Right But he didn't He didn't really Set the market Because I feel like Braden Point Who's I think Just as good As Mitch Marner Signed for 6.2 million. Yeah. That's really low. Really different. Yeah, for Tampa Bay. Nico Rantanen, also really, really good, signed for 9.25. I think maybe that's a little bit more comparable. Um, Patrick Liney signed for 6.75. So I'm just like, I thought Marner was going to set the market, but he really didn't. And there was a lot of conversation in Toronto about how Marner went about this. Like, he had his um, dad uh, be his, like, most... He was doing, like, what's it called, the Lonzo Ball thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just having his dad out there being, like, he's worth blah, blah, blah. He should be worth this, and this, and that. Um, But also, there was going on with, like, Darren Dreger being, like, part of it because he knows, like, Paul Marner. And he was, like, being the one breaking news. So... A lot of people in Toronto were really, really upset at Mitch Marner in the situation. But I just want to know, like, if you, for instance, like, I think we were really lucky with Connor and with Dry Saddle signing very. Like, I know Dry Saddle took till August, but I mean, it wasn't a big.
1: Tell s- me again what you think about the Dry Saddle contract. It's
0: still overpaid. <laughs> at the time, it was. Especially, like, Braden Point signed for, like, nine. Like, come on, like, six mil. Come on. Anyways, <laughs> let's not go back to that. <laughs> if. For example, the dry Settle thing was as volatile as the Mitch Marner thing. What were your, what were your feelings would be for what Mitch what did to the Maple Leafs?
1: Well, dry Settle did hold out for a while, and things were getting, I felt, a little bit shaky towards the end. I mean, there were, they, they ended up by saying, oh, yeah, we were always confident that we were going to get this sorted out. Right. And, and fair enough, um, to each their own, and, and maybe that was the case. I mean... I think when you're talking about this, it's very difficult. You have to understand the different variables. So there's where are players at in their career in terms of how successful they are. There's a conversation around where team what teams can manage in terms of a cap hit. There's a conversation about whether that player wants to be part of that team long term and is seen as a leader and, 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 and everything that comes with that leadership bit. And then there's another piece to this that I think... Uh, you might have skipped over a bit, which is that you're actually paying for years take, to, to take years away from unrestricted free right. agency, right? right. And, yes. and because unrestricted free agency is when players really get paid. And that's always been, because you can go to any team and there's going to be a team that's willing to pay a lot of money for you. I'm wondering
0: so, if that's going to change, by the so way. So the
1: sooner you can get to the, the unrestricted free agency, particularly when you're playing well, the more likely you are to get paid. Now, if you're going to push me, push unrestricted free agency further and further down my career's line, there's more uncertainties, there's more uh, things, yeah, more uncertainties, so yeah. you're going to have to pay me more for those years. Yeah, and there's a I lot think of... Is that, and I think that young players have started to figure that out. I think young agents have started to figure mm-hmm. that out. Agents of young players, I mean, have started to figure that out. Um and also, it's a young as you guys. It's a young man's league now, and that's yeah. gonna that's gonna mean that you have to pay more, more and more and more and more.
0: That's I think my question is gonna be. I think how is this affect the UFA market? I think how is this going to? Um, I think GMs finally are <laughs> are wising up to the fact that paying older players for longer contracts is a bad deal. I don't know what the last good long contract signed in UFA was. You know what I mean? Like. I think maybe Tavares was probably, like, the one that you're like, yeah, okay, I can see them signing for that for eight years. But, like, I don't know. I don't see one that gets signed and you're like, wow, that's wow, that's going to be really good for them for a long time. It's, I just, I'm just i just like, that's going to be a mistake in, like, four years. Or that's going to be a mistake in, like, you know, a small period of time. I, I don't see... I really don't see many GMs signing UFAs for a long period of time. Well,
1: I think what's happened, too, is that you've seen a lot of people say, well, I'll pay Milan Lucic $6 million a year for six years. I know the last two years of that contract are going to be a cap hit for basically nothing, mm-hmm. but it's going to be worth it because the first three, if not four years of that contract will be really valuable. And then those do work out. Yeah, but that, that doesn't happen the way that they hoped it was. And I think that there's a lot more risk with the, around that 30-year-old player, and managers are starting to figure that out now.
0: Yeah, and it, How it,
1: fast are those drop-offs, right?
0: And also think that people are going to be signing for... They're not going to be offering like eight years anymore or seven years anymore. They're going to be offering like four years or three years max for these older players. But that
1: trend emerged in the cap era because it was a way in which teams could lower... The average yeah. salary or circumvent by, the
0: cap. Yeah, yep.
1: circum- uh, not circum. And you know, they obviously they got rid of after yep. Ilia Golubic. They figured out like, oh, this is, <laughs> there's a problem yep. here. This is not what it was intended to do. Um, there was a real question around. So you could you could lengthen the ca- the, the 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 contract yep. to address you know mm-hmm. shrink the cap hit. Um, but i think that the cap it's people are just accepting the cap hits, it's just going to be the the cap it you'd rather take the cap it for real and get the real dollar value out of it for the majority of the time rather than yeah. a lower cap it but also getting less quality over a long period of time yeah maybe it maybe really handcuffs right. you it, as a team and i think that's the change i think we're saying the same thing but yeah, the reasons why you're are right. different
0: yeah i think you're right I, and it's going to be uh i'm also like really interested to like see in the fans perspective and of course there there were some fans that were like well you know like Marner's not a team player Marner is like handcuffing the team now and like even now like you signed for a 10 million dollar deal almost an 11 million dollar deal like that's a lot and so the Leafs now have three players that are making top end dollars that and it's going to be leave a little bit amount to sign this like the top six or even like a defenseman um, so it's going to be hard for them to compete in that realm, or I mean, it will be. But I mean, they might have to get lucky in some in some players. But a lot of people are saying, "Well, Marner now is just handcuffing the team," and I think that's just like a cap thing. But it's also like this cap thing doesn't really help the players. It doesn't really help. Like, it just helps. The owners, really?
1: <laughs> well, honest. yeah, there is a piece of that. I mean, I think the cap's done great things for in- competitiveness and competitiveness. Yeah, league. I think for, for I like for, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't think the Oilers. Yeah, it does would, hurt the it, players. It really
0: hurts the Oilers not yeah. like to ha- to not have a cap. You know? Yeah, and
1: having grown up in a time when there was no cap and the Oilers could never spend as much as New York or uh, Chicago or whatever, it was really you know it was yeah, it, it was, was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, here's my thing. I think too, with Mitch Marner that gets lost is that. What is your role in terms of the team? In terms of what other, what other avenues of revenue do you have um, if you're the third best player on your team? Or you're going to get the third amount of ice times? Because we all know Austin right. Matthews is the star of that show. Yeah. If he hadn't made the mistake that he had this, this summer, he likely would have been you mean the captain.
0: The alleged crime. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. the, yeah. <laughs> If he hadn't made the alleged crime, uh, he you know he would be captain of this team. He would have been. He's the you know he's the he's the Toronto Maple Leaf yep. in all the promo ads. Uh, and then you have after Matthews Tavares right away, right? Yeah. And so Mitch Marner's third man in. He's the Nuge of that team. Yeah. Well, the sponsorship and other avenues of money. For a Nugent Hopkins versus a Connor McDavid or a Leon Drysital are very different, and so I think there, there's a piece of this that people aren't talking about, which is if I'm not gonna if I'm gonna be third man in and I'm not gonna have the other revenue streams, I have to push for my own revenue as a player myself.
0: That's true. That's true. And I think, but I think Marner is a hawk, Mar- like Marner. I would consider with like Drysital, right? Like I feel like Marner's in that camp of like. But in terms of his role on the team, he's not. He's third no. man in, right? He's the
1: nudge of that team.
0: Yes, he is in that team, but I'm just saying, like, as a NHL commodity, he's going to get, like, the same stuff as, like, yes. Drysaddle. Like he's yes. not going to be, like, he's not getting, you know, Nuge gets some stuff, but he's not, obviously, but Drysaddle still gets some stuff, right? Like, he's still, he is. But not I'm saying if you're that. the
1: third most popular player or the third biggest star, there's not much left, even in a hockey market as big as Toronto. He's not going to get the same sponsorship opportunities. He's not going to get, it's, it's not going to be the Scotia Banks. It's not going to be. I don't, the I, I don't know if I agree It's with not going to be the Bowers. There is,
0: yeah, I, I do. I think that it's really. He's like true. an Ontario boy, though. That's the thing. It's just like I, he is he is an Ontario born brand. He's playing for the Leeds. It's like his hometown team. Like people were mad at him for signing this big contract because he th- people thought that. He's going to be their boy. He's going to be, like, the Ryan Smith. Like, he's the, the like, this homegirl. He's going to take a pay cut for the team to be good? Yeah, that's what I thought people were, I think that's what people thought of Mitch Marner, that he was like, yeah. well, he's in Montana well, he's got to do it, right? Same thing with Tavares. But, like, what I'm seeing is that, like, yeah, I still want to do that, but I also want to get paid, like, which is good for them. I'm so happy that the, the players are finally, like, stepping in to say, like, yeah, you're worth more than... Uh, that you're that, that you're selling yourself, but I just didn't see that with the other players. Like Braden Point signing for six point two five million. I know it's a three year deal only, but I mean, like,
1: well, that's the thing. That's that's, that's like, what they, they got him on cheap because it's a three year deal because they didn't take any of the UFA very yeah. many UFA years away from him, right? And then if he's
0: going to sign like another bridge, deal. and then he's going to
1: sign a big contract after that.
0: Yeah, Line had an
1: awful year last year. Yeah. He needed a bridge deal.
0: He did, right? He has a two year contract for six point
1: five. There are those questions are really legitimate ones and important ones. But I think going back to Mar again, I have to say Mm. there is a piece of this that he has less revenue streams than other players because of his role on his team. So he's gotta like So he's gotta make sure he gets paid because there's just less opportunities for him. Yeah. For every sponsorship deal that Matthew signs, that Tavares signs. And the by the way, is hometown boy as well too. Yeah. So he's not even the most popular hometown boy, really, when you think about it in the city. <laughs> like, think about that.
0: Really? Yeah, I know. I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm, I still need to be convinced about this. I, I, don't know if I agree with this completely. But at the same time, I, I, I hear your point in the saying that he's, he thinks he might be. He, he needs more revenue stream than a Matthews or a Tavares. Tavares has got his money. He's got his captaincy now. Like Marner needs something. Is what I'm hearing too. Like I am just. I I can go with that. I don't know if he... I still think he gets... He is, like, if you're talking about, like, top-line players, like, top players in the NHL, like, you have, like, Crosby's, Connors, Kucherov's kind of players. And then I think Marner is in that second row. Like, I think, like, he's with the Dry Saddles. He's with the Rantonens, He's with, I don't know, the Braden Points of the world. Like, those are... He's in that realm, right? Like, I don't... That's why I'm just like, I, I in the overall scheme of things, if he goes to, I don't know, if he goes to the Hurricanes, he'd be the number one player. Like, Sebastian Ajo is an amazing player, but Marner would be the number one player. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, I don't see that at all. Like, we're looking for revenue stream, even though he can go, like, he can do these kind of, like, universal campaigns. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I, I'm I'm still hesitant to, to buy into that. He's, third, he's the third, he's not even the most popular, I, I think, yeah. Anyways, we can go back for this. I'm just, I'm more curious about like, how do fans reconcile with the fact that the the players like I have problems with this sometimes. I'm just like, I'm so happy that the players are getting as much as they're worth because for especially for somebody like the Maple Leafs, they are getting, they get a lot of money. They get a lot, a lot of money as a team. They get a lot of profit from Martin, from Matthews, from, from Tavares, so they should get paid because of that, right? And I don't think the players get enough money for that. Like I think Connor gets a pretty decent deal. He but he is makes a lot of money for dollars.
1: Well, and Connor makes 12 million dollars a year. There's going to be very few players that are even going to touch that. Yeah. But Connor also has access to insane amounts of alternative revenue, revenue streams. Right. So So he can t- I'm much more inclined to see Connor McDavid take a hometown discount to make sure the team is good mm-hmm. long term and i'm okay with that and i think he's okay with that because he can get he can sign a hundred million dollar sponsorship deal right. with whoever Indeedis
0: or whatever yeah, uh, yeah yeah
1: you know yeah. whereas that just does, does that's not that same thing i don't think is available to someone like mitch marner and then that's Do you think why it would they...
0: be available for dry saddle?
1: i think yeah yeah i think, think dry all, yeah i think that dry has i think in terms of skill obviously is probably yeah like you said he's on that he's on that round but Drysdale is—you see just as many, almost as many dry saddle jerseys as you see Connor McDavid jerseys out there. Yeah. On when you're watching a game.
0: So he would he be one that be like, if he asked for a nine million dollar deal, would you be like cool with that, or like a ten million would, dollar like, deal? If he'd
1: like two, three years ago, yeah, or so, now?
0: Or no, like now. So for example, like I know he signed like an eight year deal, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah he, he, He's he, at eight good. at eight point five. But good.
1: let's say it was eight for eight point five, and now three, he came back, and yeah. now he's like I want eleven and a half because right. I'm almost as good as Connor. Right. Yeah, I mean I think that you I think that's still probably a you know for a 50 goal scorer in the way that things are trending mm-hmm. it's probably like a bit of an it's probably right where he needs to be actually. Right. And it might be a bit of an underpay. Yeah. So but I I again you know Connor sets the market in Edmonton. That's the thing. And he's not as good as Connor obviously. Yeah. He's not the captain. He's almost there. He's good. And but I think he also has those alternative revenue streams. Now is here's my question. Nuge comes back yeah. next year yeah. or the year after. Yeah. Nuge wants 8.5 for six
0: years. That's, that's going to be the issue. Or nine. Yeah.
1: That's an interesting conversation. Because does Nuge have the same access to alternative revenue in Edmonton as Leon and Connor? No. So maybe he should get paid more.
0: And also my question is, does Nuge make the Oilers more money than Nuge or Drysaddle yeah. or McDavid? I don't know about that either. That's going to be a tough question to answer. <laughs>
1: I yeah, I mean, I don't know. Nuge is a really interesting player because yeah. he's so well rounded. He is. He's underrated, like I said. Not many people, underrated. Not many people
0: talk about Nuge. Like I think it's just like the older stands that love Nuge because they know they've seen him play, and everybody who sees him play sees him like, yeah, he's actually an amazing player. But outside of that, like, you don't hear much from Nuge. No, nope. and it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, he had a career year last year. Yeah, and nobody talked about it. It's interesting. Anyways, I like this conversation. I think we should go back to it once like contracts is signed. But the orders are in pace, rating 0 So let's just let's go. first in the West. <laughs> first in the West. That Cassie in 164
1: point season. So we'll be Herman's trying to take him out of the top six. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm so happy also for the James Neal Redemption Tour. I'm happy with that. That'll be so great. Just to rub it into some Flames fans. Just the next time they see Lucic like, play, you're like, yeah, that's what it is. Um, anyways, this is great to talk to you again. It's nice to be back. Nice to be back. Full new season. Full new us. Welcome back to the 104, everyone. <laughs>